0: Welcome to One Chapel, we're a family of neighborhood churches in the Austin area. Our vision is to help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. It's a place to connect, grow, and serve the communities where we live. You can learn more about One Chapel and how to get involved at onechapel.com. And now, here's this week's message. Are you ready to study the scriptures? Yes or no? Great. Let's get to it. Uh, as you get started today, I just want I want you to take a second there in your seat. I want you to think about something. I want you to think about something that's bringing you stress. (laughs) That happened in the first service too. Oh boy, (laughs) just one thing? Uh, Yeah, think of something that's bringing you stress. I know things that bring stress. Uh, I know that I-35 brings me stress when I drive it. I know that uh, there's a stack of bills at home and that brings me stress. Uh, I know that there's some relational things that sometimes go on and oftentimes that brings me stress. I know that sometimes I have to do something like go to the doctor or to the dentist, and that brings me stress. I see a fellow person over here saying, no, no, dentists do bring me stress. Now, I've got to be honest with you, not that much stress. Like, I, I, don't, I don't freak out about it. I just don't enjoy it. So when my wife says, hey, time to go. We need to make some appointments. I say, mm, yeah, do we, though? And, and that's, that's about it. It's just not my favorite thing to do. And if it's your favorite thing to do, well, good for you, but you need prayer because you're a weirdo. So... So I, I, we make some appointments and I just, I just made one uh, about a month ago and I went to a place in Buda, a new place for me, I hadn't been there before. And so I walked in and from the moment I got in, everybody was very kind to me. Like weirdly kind to me. Like kid glove kind to me. So the technician walked me back, how are you today? Are you doing okay? Are you all right? Sat me down in the chair and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm okay, I'm okay. Okay, well, just a couple questions. Has something terrible ever happened to you at the dentist? Like, is, did, you have a, did you have a traumatic experience or something? And I'm like, not really, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. Can we, can we go? And so she's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a cleaning and, and if it gets a little rough, you just, you don't hesitate to let me know. Okay. So she starts, <laughs> was that okay? <laughs> yeah, it was fine still doing okay, hon? Encore! let Let go! Let go! Right, so she keeps going, and finally she gets done, and, and so she, she sets aside. The dentist comes in and sits down and says, Hi, so nice to meet you. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm okay. All right, she asks me, Did anything traumatic happen to you when you were younger? I'm like, no, you guys are weirdos, what's the, I'm, I'm fine, what's the big deal? So they wrap up the appointment. They're entering the final details on the computer. I'm sitting there in the chair, just like, can I get out of here, because this place is crazy. And I look on the piece of paper in the technician's hand, she's holding this piece of paper, and it says, note from wife. <laughs> He's very scared. And it's not only that, but I'm I'm looking at some orthodontic treatment, so I went to that office as well about a week later. No, three weeks later. Guess what was written on their notes? Wife says, very scared. If my wife has come to you and given you a note or told you that I'm very frightened, it's really not true. I'm okay, all right? I just want you to know I'm okay. I do have a little bit of stress between me and my wife now, but we're working that out. We're figuring that out together. You pray for us. But stuff does come up in your life that brings you stress. Yes, no. Yes, life is no doubt stressful. And most of you know we're in this series where we're talking about it. It's called Overwhelm. We've talked about anxiety. We've talked about depression. Next week, we're going to hear all of One Chapel is going to hear from a mental health expert. I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to talk about something called the Dark Night of the Soul, and it's really been good. Now I'm aware that we're not going to cover everything and we're not going to take care of everybody's issues over the course of a few weeks. But my hope and prayer is is that we open up space so that it becomes okay for you to talk about the things that you struggle with here at the church. And to realize, That you can bring that, you can take your mask off, you can be honest and open, and we'll just take care, we'll take better care of one another. And as I'm talking to you during the week, and as others are having conversations during the week, I can hear it happening. You're beginning to believe that it's okay to not be okay around here. And I want you to believe it. It's okay for you to have a struggle. It's okay for you to fight with it. It's okay for you to wrestle. It's okay for you to question And it's okay to bring all that stuff here. And we just need to do a really good job of having conversations about this kind of stuff without any condemnation, without any guilt, without any shame, without judgment of whether or not you're really a good Christian or not. Is that right, yes or no? Yeah, so we're we're working on it and it's happening. So today we're gonna talk about stress. And according to the Stress Institute, yes, that's a real thing. And should tell you all you need to know about us here in the West. We have an institute for our stress. The Stress Institute says that 44% of Americans say they are more stressed today than they were five years ago. What that means is, is, is that our stress levels are, growing up, are, are, are going up about 10% every year, if that's true. And they say that one out of five of us are experiencing extreme stress, which means it's affecting us physically. Like we're having issues, we're, we're having heart palpitations, it's, it's showing up in our bodies, and anxiety and depression. One out of five. Like That sounds like epidemic proportions to me. And they say that 60% of illnesses and diseases have their root in our stress levels. So what what are all these stresses, where are they coming from? You have your own list, I put together a list this week. Uh, I think relationships cause a lot of stress. Things go south, I don't know what to do, I get betrayed, how do I forgive them? I think conflict happens at work, happens everywhere, conflict causes me a lot of stress, I don't love it. Some people are stressed because they're looking around for somebody to marry, and they're saying, I'm not married, and that's causing me some stress because I'm looking everywhere, and I can't find no man nowhere tis worthy of me, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I've heard you say it. I've listened to some of you. Others of you, that's not the case. You're saying, I am married, and that's stressful. In fact, I'm sitting next to my stress right now. Don't look at them. Look straight ahead. Look at me. Look at me. You've got deadlines, job, and at school. You've got legal problems. Those are the worst. You have a divorce, and incredibly stressful. You've got a new job, and that provides you with stress. You're still stuck at your old job, and that's stressful. Uh, You've got an illness, the root cause of much of our stress level. You have the expectations of other people that you're carrying around. And one of the things that I think affects people the most is you've got unresolved sin that you're carrying around, carrying around uh, the weight of guilt and shame. And can I just say to you today, you don't have to carry that around with you. Because of the work of Jesus on the cross, he paid the price for your sin. You can let it go today, and you don't have to walk around with that anymore. But all these things cause us stress. And the reality is, we've all got a lot of different sources of stress in our lives. This is probably the most pervasive problem we'll talk about in this series, because not everybody deals with anxiety or depression in a significant way. But we all have to deal with some stress. So here's the harsh reality. There is too much going on in our lives today. There just is. We've got too much stuff. You can't take all the stuff that you have to do and then add some stuff that you care about and then add a whole bunch of other things that you just want to do and you try to force it all and cram it all into your life and make it work. It's not working so what most of us do is we turn to time management to make it work. Well I'm going to a seminar and it's going to take care of everything. You don't understand Brent, I watched the TED talk, I'm good to go. I can handle it. Or, no, you don't, you don't understand. I, I bought a planner. <laughs> Brent, it's leather-bound. So obviously, I'm going to take all that stuff, cram it onto this leather-bound planner, and it's all going to fit and work for the first time in my life. No, it's not. It won't work. And so stress comes from this struggle, this pressure, the attempt to make it all fit. Now, it might be doable for a season, but it's not sustainable. You can't sustain. Most of us cannot sustain the pace that we're living. And frankly, it's destroying us. It's wrecking our marriages. It's wrecking our kids and our relationships with them. It's wrecking our jobs. It just doesn't fit. And we all start sounding like Job from the book of Job, Job 9.25. He said, my days go faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. So some of you feel exactly like that. I'm just running. I'm going. I'm booking. And they're flying away day after day after day. And I'm just not not experiencing any sense of joy in my life. In other words, my physical activity on the outside, what I'm doing out here, it's destroying me on the inside. So why are we so busy? Well, there are too many choices in our world. It was a lot easier when there were only three channels when I was a kid, three channels rather than 600 channels, you know what I'm saying? Or endless amounts of streaming. It was way easier than that. We, we didn't have nearly as many video games as my kids have today. I had an Atari, and it was awesome, and I spent a little time on it, but my parents would say, go outside! And so we'd go outside and get a little dirty. We drive down, uh, we drive down the, the road here, and within a mile, you've got 30 restaurant choices. There are 10 social media platforms all begging for your attention. You're trying to figure out which one should I be on. I should be on all of them because everybody needs to hear from me. We have too much social pressure seems like everybody out there has got a plan for our lives. School and work and even church sometimes. We believe that we can have it all is another reason. Like we just believe this. I, I, can, I can have it. I can do it. The younger generation especially buys into this idea, and it's because so much of what they want is actually really available to them right now. And they're watching friends that are getting rich and famous on YouTube. Like stuff's happening to them right now. They can have it. So surely I can have it too. And most of us who are a little bit older, we're trying to have everything too. And what we're doing is we're spending 117% of our income. And that ain't sustainable. We also believe that we can do it all. I can fit it all in. I, can, I know I can do this. And it's a lie. You can't. We're all overestimating our own abilities. And it's costing us. It's costing us everything. So here's what most of us want. Okay, Brent, that describes me. You're right. Yes, that's correct. So just show me what to do. Show me how to cope. And I have no interest today in trying to help you cope with your overbusy schedule. That's not what I want to do. I'm not interested today in life hacks, although I do think some of those are helpful. What, I'm not going to do any of that today. What I want to do, I believe, is going to take you believing that it's going to require a change of life. Like, I can't, just, I can't just cram it all in. I can't just manage my time. I actually have to change some things about my life if I'm going to experience less stress. So I think all of us, we've got to begin to, and I'm going to work on it today, to try to instill some principles in us, some ideas that we can kind of ground ourselves with and, and experience less stress. But we also have to embrace a belief system to be able to apply those principles well. I said it a couple weeks ago, I believe belief always precedes behavior. You have to have a belief system that grounds you from which you find the strength and the ability to practice the principles. Does that make sense? And so uh, just like you need faith and you need works to go together, we need this. So what I'm going to talk about today, it's going to challenge you. It's going it's to require some courage and a little bit of conviction. It's, you're going to need the Holy Spirit's help to do it, but I do believe this could really help you with your stress if you'll try. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple lists today. The first list is just how to live a better life. That sounds a little too simplistic, I understand. But what I mean is, I want you to believe that God actually has a better life for you than you have planned for you. What does that look like? And then the second list, how to run a better race. Job said, I'm just running and my days are flying away. How can you live better, uh, how can you have a better race, run a better race than that? So then how can you apply practical principles to your everyday life? So we're gonna develop the, the fundamental belief system from which we'll be able to apply the principles. So first, how to live a better life. God has a better life for me. How do I step into that? Well, I believe it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's just better. This is the belief system you've got to figure out. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. If you want less stress, you've got to reduce your life down to the things that matter. I've heard it said the wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials. You've got to cut away and get down to stuff, the essentials of life that really, really matter. But most of us don't buy that. We actually think that more is actually better. Look around the world today. You'll see people believe that more is what's required and more is better. So, so help me out. If I've got $1, then $2 is? Yeah, most people think that's, that's better. That's way better. If I've got one taco, well, two tacos is? And that's, that's, that's better if I got one car two cars is it's better it's better uh, if, if I got one kid two kids is eh, I don't know it's, uh, it's up in the air I don't know maybe if I got one wife two wives is wrong you can't you can't do that don't even go there that's, that's bad shame on you for even thinking about it here's what the scripture has to say Ecclesiastes 4 6 it's better to have one handful With quietness Than two handfuls With hard work And chasing the wind And honestly I believe this is how Most of us are living I gotta have this I gotta have this I gotta get this I gotta get this We're just going through life Trying to get more As much as we can And we're living Like this verse says It's hard work And honestly We're just kinda chasing the wind We need to buy into this belief It's better to have less It's better If I just have one handful And I kinda Let some of this go away And I begin to experience some peace in my life, some patience, and have more stuff and feel like it's just toil and without meaning. What I'm talking about is living with margin, creating margin, creating space in your life where you're not always running from this thing to that thing, where your life is not filled with so much stuff, rather than living with more and more of what doesn't matter. There's a, you know, there's a thing that most people are trying, a lot of people are trying today, minimalism, people are trying, it. my wife and I are kind of stepping our toes in it to kind of see if it works, um, and I've found it to be pretty awesome, like, I, I've gotten rid of a bunch of clothes, so if, if you see me on Sunday and you're like, does that guy have, like, more than three outfits, not really, I don't, I kind of, and, and pay attention to the sermon, not my outfit, okay, so, just want, so. But, but but I've gotten rid of a bunch of stuff and in the morning, I just, don't, I just don't worry about it. I don't really need to go shopping. I'm not concerned with, oh, I gotta rep- get this shirt. I gotta buy this pants. I gotta get this. I'm not concerned so much with that kind of stuff. Most of us have garages that are just full of more. I do, I can't park my car in there. And so there's a bunch of stuff in there. And do you know how many times I've looked at that stuff over the past three years in this house? Not once. I don't even know what's in there. And yet, Sometimes, about once a year, I get this need. Oh, I need to go out in the garage, and I need to organize it. So I need to go out there and organize all the trash that I haven't looked at in the past three years. I've got more, and it's stressing me out. And what I want to do is, and I'm not going to tell my wife, but I'm just going to open up the garage, and I'm going to put it out on Facebook and say, come and get it. Oh, my wife's sitting here. She knows. I want to live with less. Better to have one handful and some peace than always trying to get more and living with hard work and toil. The second belief that I want you to get deep down in you today is it's better to live by design than by default. Psalm 139, 16. I love this verse so much. It says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that awesome? You have days that were ordained. God's got a book, he's writing them down. Oh, I was thinking about you and the plans. God has designated certain things for you to do. It's an incredible idea. You have a design. You're wired for certain things. The problem is your energy is limited. You only have so much. And as the years go on, well, you have less it seems. It just keeps going. The problem is most of us are using that energy and we're trying to go every direction all at once you kind of look like this. Like I'm just in every, I've got some energy and I'm just trying, I gotta go here, I gotta get here, I gotta get the kids there, I gotta do this, I gotta, I gotta buy this, I gotta make sure this. I gotta, most of us were living that kind of a life and our energy is going everywhere. What if instead of living that way, we decided I'm gonna do some focusing in here on what's most important. I'm going to focus all my energy in one place. If you were to focus all your energy in one place, you get to go farther, faster. You can do so much more. When we live lives like this, when energy goes out in all directions all at once, you know what we call that? That's an explosion. And most of us are living that life. That's how it feels. When energy goes all in one direction all at one time, what do we call that? We call it focus. Focus, I'm living by some other design than what life's default is for me. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't figure this out. They don't invest in what is my real purpose from God, and they end up wasting what energy they have. And here's the reality if you don't prioritize your life, somebody else is gonna do it for you. If you don't decide, this is where my life and where my energy is going, somebody else is gonna do it for you because everybody else has a plan for your life. Your employer does, your school does. The credit card company does. Everybody has a plan for you. And so it's just crucial that we discover what our God-given purpose is. That's why we believe Catalyst is so important. Because in Catalyst 2, it's all about your purpose in life and teaching you how to live by design rather than by default. The third belief system I want you to get into you today is it's better. Everybody, please just say better. It's better. It's better to get the right things done than to get more things done. So I can live with one handful and I can be full of peace and I can be happier. I can live according to my God-given design. And what that means is is that I'm gonna live my life with intention. I'm gonna live intentionally. But most of us, we don't live with intention. We're living, measuring our lives by how much we're doing. And you already know it's true, because anybody you ask out there, hey, how are you doing? What do they say? I'm so busy. I'm so incredibly important. Nobody ever says, hey, man, how you doing? I'm a little bored. I don't have a lot going on. I'm going to go uh, hang out with my kids later. That's going to be fun. I'm going to take my wife out for a date. That's going to be fun. Nobody wants to say that. Why? People would go, oh, you're lazy. You're not fulfilling what you should be fulfilling. Why? Because all we think about is how much we're all doing. That's why we all default to, I'm busy. You know how much I would love to talk to somebody say, Hey, how you doing? You you all right? Oh yeah, doing great, man. Living the dream. I'm going out with my. I'm going out with my wife later, and it's going to be an incredible night. Living with intention, deciding, doing the right things above just doing all the things. Does that make sense to you? Yes or no. What if we started measuring by that? And what if we started answering one another like that? Proverbs 17, 24 says, An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. It's so important that we start to believe all of this. If you believe this, if you get these three ideas into you, you can start to apply the principles. So I'm going to give you three things before you go that I think will help you. If you work on these belief systems, these three things will help you just real practically on Monday morning. And I like messages that help me figure something out on Monday morning. So what does it look like then? We talked about how to live a better life. How can you run a better race? Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that God marked out for us. We all need this process where you get to throw off all this stuff. That's why groups and catalysts are so incredibly important. Please choose community this semester and jump in somewhere. We all need a process by which we can do that. Throw off the stuff that hinders us and the sin that tangles us. And when I say sin, I don't just mean the dirty, nasty stuff. I'm talking about just going the wrong direction, missing the plan that God has for us. This is your race and God designed you for it and he's got a better way for you to run. So three quick things. Number one, I wanna encourage you to regularly take inventory of your life. Regularly stop and just evaluate, how am I doing? Regularly take time for some reflection about your life. I've talked quite a bit about Sabbath and rest and worship and delight. But some of you just need to add this as part of your routine. Make Sunday your Sabbath. You, don't, you just come, you worship God. Most of you are off anyway. And then what most of us do is we go home and we're back to work. I gotta, gotta work on all those house projects. I'm not sure why you do this when you work on those, but that's apparently what you do. You can see I obviously work on a lot of house projects. I know how to do it. I <laughs> go home and we, we work. We're leaning into Monday, getting ready. No, no, take a day, stop, rest, worship, go home, eat some food, take a nap, then grab a cup of coffee, Pull out a pen and paper. Get your phone and start writing down. And just evaluate where you are. Start asking questions like, am I doing the right things? Am I involved in the right activities? There's a, there's a pastor named Wayne Cordero. He wrote a book called Leading on Empty. He talked about Burnout and I learned this from Pastor Chris Hodges from Birmingham, Alabama, one of our overseers of our church. Both of these guys talk about the power of reflecting and evaluating, and what they both do is they've got about 12 dials that they'll look at, and they'll they'll kinda read one out, and then they'll decide, how am I doing on that, give themselves a grade, and then write one sentence on how they're going to improve on it. It's very simple, doesn't take much time. And here's what they are, you can jot them down. They look at their faith, how am I doing with Jesus? Am I doing all right? how's my marriage how are we growing together what are we doing how's my family are my kids doing okay where are we headed how's my work am i doing all right in my job how about technology am i spending too much time on my phone yes we all are ministry how's my ministry which by the way every christian has one of those it's not just for those of us who who are pastors you got a ministry social am i hanging out with people do i actually have friends How's my attitude? Am I a punk? Am I a jerk? Well, I don't know. How am I doing? Finances. How are our finances? Creativity. Am I using the stuff God has given me? Physical. Am I getting exercise once a month? Am I, am, I, am I doing something? Travel. Am I having new experiences? And those might not be yours, but you have things that you could and should keep track of. And so just write them down somewhere. Once a month. Get together with your spouse. How are we doing? give yourself a grade. Oh, I could improve this. How are you going to improve? One sentence, not a paragraph. Write a sentence. And then over the month, work on that thing. Imagine if you started doing that with your spouse. Imagine if you're not married, you took time to regularly evaluate. You did that. Imagine what would happen over the course of many months and years, especially when you add the Holy Spirit to the mix. So just evaluate. Second thing, is make some tough decisions. As you're evaluating then, you're gonna make tough decisions on what you're gonna do. So you gotta go through your life and eliminate things that aren't valuable. And this is hard for some of us because a lot of us are just people pleasers. And so we don't wanna get rid of anything because we don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings. But you've gotta make some hard decisions. If it's not mission critical, I'm gonna let it go. Does this have anything to do with my purpose in life and where I'm headed? If it's not, I'm gonna let it go. But That's really hard. And so what you need is you've got to figure out how to have a greater yes so you can have a better no. And a greater yes is God's got a plan and a purpose, and I'm heading for it. And by eliminating this stuff and making some hard decisions, I'm going to get there, and that's going to be better. So it's not so hard for me to let go of this because i got my eyes on the prize, and it's better. Does that make sense? Psalm 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. There's an author named John Acuff, and he's an entrepreneur, and he kind of writes about stuff like this, and he did some research on people trying to finish uh, goals that they set, and because most people don't. They're not able to finish, right? They're not able to get to the end. And so as he talks about this with people, and through the research, he found that one of the secrets to being able to accomplish a goal is you've got to choose what you're going to bomb. So I'm headed for something, and I'm going to decide there's some things in my life that for a season, I'm just going to bomb. That doesn't mean your family or your kids or your spouse or you don't get to leave those. But for him, it was like, I like working on my yard, but my yard is not essential. It's not mission critical right now. I need to make sure it's okay, but I'm not going to spend lots of hours on my yard. I'm going to choose in this season of my life, I'm going to bomb this. I'm going to bomb it. I'm, I'm going to do terrible at it. I'm going to do really bad. Why? So I can do something greater. You see it. And there's things in your life for sure that you can just bomb. I feel like I should choose another word besides bomb. It feels like it's getting weird. That you should be bad at. <laughs> you should just not do because it's not that important, which leads us to that third thing. You just got to focus on what matters most. Focus on the things that matter most. Listen, we all have things in our lives that don't matter as much. All of us have things that don't really matter, and we do them. I just don't do them first. We talk a lot here about social media. We talk about Instagram and Facebook, and I make jokes, and I... I say things all the time, we talk about Netflix all the time and wasting our lives, and can I be honest with you? I like all those things. I like Instagram. I like connecting with people. I like seeing what people are doing. I like Netflix, I like to watch shows with my kids. I like to watch a show with my wife. I like that, I think it's fun. So I've got things that don't really matter that I do, I just don't do them first. But that's what a lot of us do, we do those things first. Wake up in the morning, first thing, boom, phone, inbox stress for the day before i even sit up out of bed i'm stressed the social media what happened in the seven hours that i was asleep last night it's crazy and that takes all of our attention what if instead what if instead we just left the phone right there and we woke up we sat up and just get down and kneel by the side of your bed and just say jesus you matter most today and I give you these first moments of my life. Speak to me, help me to live for you. I got things I do that don't matter, I just don't do them first. Take the things that matter most and do those, which then of course begs the question, well, what matters most? Well, here's a good filter, I think. What's gonna matter 100 years from now? What's gonna matter 100 years from now when none of us are here anymore? Social media is not on that list. Netflix isn't on that list. I think there's just a few things that are on that list and you guys can come on up. Let's go. A few things that really matter and that will matter hundred years from now. I think God matters. I said this a few weeks ago but just roll with me here. God matters. Listen, if you'll believe me on this today, everybody, you'll thank me one day, I promise. If you'll believe me that God matters the most. For some of you, that's eh, not sure and that's okay. But if you'll believe me today, you'll thank me. Luke 2, 15 says, then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So Jesus then, he goes into a story in this passage, and one guy kind of says in the story, nah, I'm just gonna go ahead and get more stuff for myself. And Jesus says in verse 20, but God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up for things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Listen. Just decide, I'm gonna learn how to be rich toward God with my time, with my effort, with my energy. He's the most important thing in your whole life. Many of us, we just wanna add him on. My life is so crammed full. I just wanna schedule him in. I just wanna fit him into my already scheduled life. And what he says is, I don't wanna be on your list. I wanna be at the top of your list. In fact, I wanna help you make the list. Let me have that space. That means in order for this to matter, Jesus has to become the Lord of your life. In order for God to really matter, what I'm talking about is he becomes the Lord. He gets to be in charge. He gets to say what goes and what stays. Philippians 3, 7, but whatever were gains to me, Paul says, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things I consider them Garbage That I may gain Christ And by the way for Paul He's talking about a bunch of really good things too And some bad things I consider it all Garbage It doesn't mean nearly as much to me As he does Second thing is that people matter God matters People matter When this world's all said and done in its current form, people are gonna be the only thing that are left. Everything else is gone and people are the most important. Look, I can prove it to you. Name for me, please, the last five messages that I spoke to you. You can't do it. But you could name five people who have made a significant difference in your life and you could do that easy. Most of you could do 10 or more. I could, I could tell you about Larry Webb. I could tell you about David Manning. I could tell you about Jeannie Mayo, I could tell you about Mike Gillespie, I could tell you people that made a difference in my life. People matter. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, you are called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law, it's fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. Just love people, be in a group together. Get in something this semester. Grow together, strengthen one another. Ecclesiastes four twelve says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and they can conquer. And three, well, that's even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Look, find a group. Today's the last day to join Catalyst. Just go to the website. You've been thinking about it. Just do it. Join it. Get in. Find some people because people matter. And then finally, eternity matters. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again, and he sold everything that he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Kingdom of heaven is like that. It's a treasure that's worth everything. So decide with me, we're just gonna invest in anything and everything that's eternal. And the stuff that I'm investing in that's a part of this world, that's okay, that's not sinful, that's not bad, stuff that's that's worth some time, I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to invest most of my time there. I'm going to do everything to store up treasure in heaven, not on the earth. That means I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going I'm to reach out to my neighbor. I'm going to do everything that I can to send my treasure to heaven, waiting for me there. I'm going to invest everything I can in eternity because God matters. People matter. and eternity, it matters. We're going to end this service as we have been ending it over the past several weeks, and we're going to end by returning to worship. We've got lots of time left. It's still super early. So we're going to enter back in, and And I just want you to take a little time here as we do. In fact, would you close your eyes for a moment? Some of you are used to it. Some of you, it's it's pretty new, but... Would you just, in your seat right there, would you just kind of ask God, what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to respond to this? What, beliefs, what belief systems are off in me? Do I, do I think that more is actually better and I'm just in the constant pursuit of it? And what you're saying is, I just need to get rid of some stuff. Well, what should I get rid of? And just let him talk to you. Maybe some of you, you just need to take a few moments and you need to to, uh, evaluate. How am I doing? How is my marriage? How are my kids? How are my friendships? How's my relationship with God? Some of you need to cut away some things that don't matter. So... What's one thing that you can surrender to Jesus here, right now, today? Say, I'm going to give this up because I want to live by your design and not by what life hands me. Some of you just need to decide what really matters the most. And be reminded that that's him. You know, real quick, I, I came from Colorado Springs, most of you know that. And in Colorado Springs, I owned a couple houses, and both houses out my bedroom window, I had a beautiful view of Pikes Peak. It's gorgeous mountain range. And every morning, I could get up and I could see it. And you know what happened to me over time? I started to not really notice it. I got a little comfortable. I got a little familiar. And I'd get up and just kind of yawn and pass it by. And it's majestic. It's beautiful. It's, it's towering. It's strong. It's amazing. And people would come into town and they'd visit and they'd say, Man, I can't believe the mountain's right there. And your, and your, your window looks right at it? This is amazing. This is beautiful. And I would go, Huh, you're right. That is awesome. I want to make sure as I'm driving around the city, I pay more attention to that. That's a wonder. You know, for a lot of people, a relationship with God is like that. You just kind of, you get overwhelmed, you get stressed, you forget stuff. And today, I'm your friend, and I'm saying, hey, 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 look, look. He's big, and beautiful. And wonderful, and he's got your best interest at heart and he's strong and he's compassionate and he has everything that you need for life. And so would you just look at him again, return again. Don't get too comfortable. Remind yourself, he matters most. And we're gonna do that by worshiping. You can sit if you want, you can stand if you want, but just take a few moments and remember how great he really is in your life. Let's worship in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for joining us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, you can learn about groups, teams, and more at onechapel.com slash welcome. You can subscribe to future messages from One Chapel on your favorite podcast player. And of course, you're always invited to services every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. See you next time.